This is the Turn on the Jets podcast, presented by Prime Sport. With the third pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Sam Darnold, quarterback, USC. What should the Jets expect from you? Um, a lot of wins. And now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. This week, we are going to do a strictly mailbag edition. Really appreciate everybody taking the time to send over so many questions on Twitter. We got, I think, over 20. We'll we'll do our best to work through all of them in a timely manner. Um, Try to keep this pod to its normal length of somewhere between 20 and 25 minutes. Before we jump into the questions, want to remind you guys that this podcast is brought to you by Prime Sport, official sponsor and team partner of the New York Jets. For more information, make sure you check out primesport.com slash turn on the Jets. For more information on their 2018 hospitality and ticket packages, make sure you also give them a follow on Twitter and Facebook at Prime Sport. Our podcast is also brought to you by Razor Sport. That's R-A-Z-E-R-S-P-O-R-T dot com. The best in the business for all of your gambling advice. Gambling, of course, is now legal in our great state of New Jersey and will soon likely be legal in many other states. But we want you to make informed decisions, so make sure to join the members section at RazorSport.com. Make sure to give them a follow on Twitter at RazorSportClub. And, of course, make sure to listen to last week's podcast, which featured John Razor himself handing out some very valuable gambling advice around our New York Jets and other NFL teams. As always, for the rest of the Turn on the Jets network, please subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us ratings, leave us reviews. Very helpful for all of our shows, getting more further discovery. We have this podcast, just Turn on the Jets. It's available on Google Play, on Spotify, and on iTunes. We also have the Play Like a Jet podcast, hosted by Scott Mason, which is available on iTunes and Google Play. The Stick to the Jets podcast, hosted by Connor Rogers. The Jet Take podcast, hosted by Kyle Fahey and Ben Blessington. And the Draft Season podcast, hosted by Dalvin Osario and Joe Malfa. And now, so we're up to six. It is. I still got them all going in my head, but we are up to six. The Buck the Trend podcast, hosted by Daniel Eason, which has been a ton of fun. Uh, first four episodes have featured uh, Dalvin, Connor, and myself, each breaking down a different position and how it's evolved in the modern NFL. Did running back, did receiver, did defensive back. Make sure to give that a listen. That's our newest show, and there will be more podcasts on the way. We're filling up your iPhones. We're filling up your laptops. We're keeping you guys entertained. One last request before I get into the questions. Make sure to check out the Turn on the Jets Instagram account, which is just turnonthejets underscore IG. We already gave away an authentic Jets helmet there. We're giving away a t-shirt. We actually have a newly launched t-shirt as of today with some Sam Darnold facts in the back. You could always find those on the Loyalist store uh, at Turn on the Jets. So all the PSAs out of the way. Let's jump into your questions this week, even though it's June. Plenty to talk about uh, as minicamp. The Jets are just wrapping it up with one more practice, I believe, tomorrow. And then we'll have about a five-week break, six-week break before we get into training camp at the end of July. All right. First question from Danny Wilson at WilsonDA10. How do you expect the Pats to fare this season? 
Uh, the Pats have had, I wouldn't say their best offseason. They lost Deion Lewis. They lost Nate Solder. They lost Brandon Cooks. Um, they lost Danny Amendola, who I don't think will be very good in Miami, but clearly had something with Brady and was always very clutch for them. So that's a decent amount to overcome offensively. Uh, New England is still, despite all that, clearly the best team in the AFC East. They are the unquestioned favorite to win the division, and they are the favorite to win the AFC until proven otherwise. They're They've earned that until somebody can knock them off the throne. They have the best quarterback in the league. They have the best coach in the league, despite both of them getting up there in age and hopefully this dynasty winding down. Do I think they're going to be a 13-3, and 14-2 and two type team? No, but I think they're safe to be about 11-5, and five, maybe 12-4, and four, and winning the AFC East again, hosting a home playoff game in the second round of the playoffs where we always seem to find them every single year. Hopefully somebody in the AFC can knock them off before they get to the Super Bowl. Hopefully some teams could replicate the script that the Eagles had last year, although it's difficult if you don't have their personnel, particularly on uh, the defensive and offensive fronts. But we'll see how it plays out. But don't, uh, you know, despite New England losing plenty of talent this offseason, it's way too early and would be way out of bounds to think anybody else was a favorite in the AFC based on how the current rosters are set up. Next question from Michael Parsons, Michael69158723, long handle. What is a better situation, Bridgewater being the starter and giving us a better chance to make the playoffs while Donald watches, or letting Donald play as many games as he can if he is ready? If he is ready, the Jets should play Sam Donald. Uh, if it's close between him and Bridgewater, the Jets should play Sam Donald. I don't necessarily think Bridgewater guarantees that the Jets are a playoff team this year, and you want to be thinking more long-term rather than the short-term. So if Bridgewater is leaps and bounds ahead of Darnold, it's a different conversation that maybe you're playing Bridgewater because Darnold just isn't ready. But if the guy you just traded the three second-round picks to up to get and who's going to be ideally your franchise quarterback the next decade-plus is ready to play, you get him out there and you get him to get his experience out on the field. And, you know, if the Jets, if you told me that, well, if the Jets start Bridgewater all season, they're going to go 8 and 8 or 9 and 7. But if they start Donald all season, they're going to go 6 and 10 or 7 and 9. I'm still starting Donald all season because it will pay off more long term. Bridgewater's on a one year contract, which is why it would be very nice if both of them were competitive and close in camp and the Jets could trade Bridgewater for an asset. Because if they don't, he's leaving in free agency after this year, unless he has an all time season. The Jets go 11 and 5, maybe win the division and win some playoff games. And then the Jets might have to look at potential bringing him back, but outside of that happening, which I don't think is all that likely, he's going to go somewhere else. He doesn't want to be Sam Darnold's backup long term. He's going to want to go somewhere where he could start. So hopefully Darnold plays well, McCown plays well, and Bridgewater plays well. You flip Bridgewater for a draft pick, you let Darnold play this year with McCown as the backup, and then Darnold is that much more ready for next season when you boost the roster in free agency and with another NFL draft. Next question from FAX Chris. Likelihood of us making a deal midseason for an offensive line guy. Uh, midseason deals are fairly uncommon in the NFL. I might keep an eye out for different veterans who get cut uh, in training camp in August or maybe for a trade around that time if offensive line really looks like it's going to be problematic. I, barring an injury, would still be surprised if a trade happened, though. I think the Jets internally believe that Spencer Long will be a big upgrade over Wesley Johnson, and that will trickle down to the rest of the unit, along with Brian Winters being healthy this year when he was not last year. We'll also be implementing likely a new blocking scheme with Rick Dennison coming in to work with Jeremy Bates on the offense. So I think they're going to let 
that shake out with last year's starters, four or five of whom are returning, with the top backups likely being Dakota Dozier, Travis Swanson, uh, Jonathan Harrison, Ben Ijelana. And I don't see a major move happening unless there's an injury in the preseason. I don't think offensive line is necessarily the Jets' biggest strength, but I don't think that they take a big swing to improve it until next offseason. Next question from Mike Hunt at RJ Lamore. If a starting QB gets injured on a random contending team and things get desperate and they go after Teddy, what pickup do you think would we get off? What pick do you think we would get offered? It all depends on desperation, right? I mean, in a vacuum, if there's no major injuries, you're probably only looking at a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick. But if kind of something, what happened last year with Miami where Ryan Tannehill goes down in camp or another starting quarterback gets hurt, and Bridgewater looks good and looks healthy, you could be looking at maybe a second or third round pick. It really depends on the level of desperation from the team and Bridgewater putting together a good training camp and then some really good moments in the preseason that are going to convince people that he could be the guy he was in 2015. You're probably not going to be able to sell that with just practice training camp reports because camp is camp and doesn't really mean all that much. You get a preseason game out there where he has a big game Maybe a team talks themselves into saying, hey, he's back to the player he was in 2015. We desperately need a quarterback. We're going to make this move for a second or third round pick. Now, that is the best, best case scenario and not something I think Jet fans should anticipate happening. It's probably more likely that they get a later round pick, if a pick at all, but we'll see how it plays out. Next question from Jeremy Sisk at jsis 3 Who will be the next Jet to be permanently frozen in card? Carbonite. Are Darius Stewart? Please not Darnold. Well, speaking of Carbonite, <clears throat> our good friend Christian Hackenberg has been released already by the Oakland Raiders after, I believe it was about 10 or 12 days, maybe a little more than that. The Carbonite permanently frozen. He gets released. He gets thrown down in the Sarlacc pit. Keep the Star Wars analogy going. Hackenberg will never play a snap in the NFL. I told you this two years ago. I'll tell you it today, but we don't need to talk about him anymore because it's in the past. Um, in terms of Frozen and Carbonite, I don't think it's going to be Darnold. I do think he will play at some point this year. Stewart, I, more so than being in Carbonite, is in danger of making the roster. I think it will depend on Terrell Pryor's health. But if Terrell Pryor's healthy, you know that Robbie Anderson, Quincy Inouye, Jermaine Curse, and Terrell Pryor are going to make the roster. There's four. Chad Hansen played ahead of Stewart last year and has been the most talked about player in OTAs in minicamp. That's five. If you keep Andre Roberts as a kick returner, that's six. Now, maybe they don't do that. Maybe they keep Trenton Cannon as a kick returner. Maybe they let McGuire return kicks. But we're already getting to the point where you're on the bubble with some of these guys. That doesn't even factor in Stewart needing to battle for a roster spot against Sharon Peake, against Devin Smith, against Charles Johnson. Uh, it's it's not going to be easy necessarily for him uh, to stick. And if he does stick, he's going to be a fifth, sixth receiver, so there's not going to be a lot of targets there. Other guys in this year's draft class, if it's not going to be Darnold, certainly I don't think it's going to be Nathan Shepard, considering how old he is. I think the Jets are going to throw him right into the defensive line rotation. So nobody really jumps off the page. Hopefully Chris Herndon can stay out of trouble. If he does, he'll be in the mix at tight end. And uh, that should really be it. Hackenberg was a unique situation. Hopefully we're not ever needing to reference the Carbonite jokes again. I'd I like to get rid of them and move on to some new jokes that are hopefully more positive because the team is better. <clears throat> All right, next question. From Will, at not since 69. Not a pleasant handle. 
if Darnold's if Darnold wins the job, realistically, Teddy or McCown can't be a number three QB. Do the Jets try to move Teddy before the regular season, regardless of trade interest, or do they hold out and hope an injury in a better situation prevents itself before the deadline? I could see that happening. I don't love carrying three quarterbacks. I think it's a wasted roster spot. But if the Jets are confident that Bridgewater is healthy and played well in the preseason and that the market could change, maybe they, they give it a few more weeks and see if anything happens. There, there certainly is a chance. I just carry all three quarterbacks all year. I don't think that's the smartest use of a roster spot, but it's not out of the question. But they could have enough patience to wait to the tra- trade deadline because they obviously are going to want to recoup draft picks as much as possible considering how many they gave up for Sam Darnold. At Chris... At FX, Chris, I'm sorry. Uh, with Dez being away this long, could you see us taking him regardless of our depth? Uh, I don't see it happening. I think there's a reason that he's been on the market for this long. I don't necessarily agree with it. But I think at this stage of his career, he's going to want to go to a team who's a more ready-made contender. Uh, you know, a Green Bay, maybe a New Orleans. I, I don't know. Some A team who's a little further along. I don't think bringing depth in, death, Dez into this receiver room uh, is something that the Jets are going to do. That's a big. Pr- I love Dez's game, I th- I, but he certainly isn't a player he was. I do still think he could be a productive player. I just don't see them trying to force the fit of him into this group. I'm not sure they're going to want to want. They're not going to want him around Robbie Anderson. They already have their veteran in Jermaine Curse, who certainly is not the player that Dez is. But I think the Jets view Anderson and Anua as their top two targets, young guys who they want to get reps and build around going forward. Whereas Dez might only have one or two years left, so it's hard to see him really making making sense here. It's not a crazy thought because I think as a big slot, Des could still be very productive, but he has to be willing to accept that role and be willing to be you know, a guy who is not necessarily the team's clear-cut number one receiver. I think the Jets are going to have more of a air attack by committee with Anderson on the outside, with a new on the slot, and then occasionally outside, and then Curse, and then Pryor, and then Hanson. I think the Jets already took their veteran flyer with Terrell Pryor, and they already have their veteran holdover in Jermaine Curse. Let's see here. <clears throat> From Dave Swag 91 at Swaggy Dave 91. Due to the AFC being horrifically bad, is it out of the question to say the Jets can take the division? I mean, Edelman is out. Brady doesn't have anyone. So do you think it's out of the question? Yes, I think it's out of the question for them to win the AFC East. No, I don't think it's out of the question for them to make the playoffs. One of the best bets that I think John flagged in our podcast last week is 100 to win 1,100 for the Jets to make the playoffs. Now, do I think it's more than likely the Jets make the playoffs? No, but the AFC is very bad. So it's not inconceivable they could go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven and sneak in as a wild card, just like Buffalo did last year. I mean, Buffalo is awful. I mean, look at that roster right now. I mean, they had Tyrod last year, which helped, but they made the playoffs last season. There's going to be one or two teams in the AFC this year who sneak in, who probably have no business being a playoff team, and maybe the Jets find their way to eight wins, nine wins, and it happens to be the right year where they could sneak in. I wouldn't necessarily think it's likely to happen, but as a long-shot bet, 100 to win 1,100, probably worth a flyer. At Jeff Gallagher, are you excited for any upcoming video game releases shown at this year's E3? Hashtag whatever else. I do appreciate the whatever else because I'm happy to answer questions about things unrelated to the Jets. I got to tell you, I am not that big of a gamer. I'm out, I'm out of the loop. Um, so I can't accurately answer that question. 
All I know is that we share a ton of Fortnite videos from Whistle Sports, and they get a ton of engagement and traffic, and we're going to keep doing that. But I can't can't give you an accurate answer on that one. I apologize, Jeff. From the Oracle of Bogota, if Bridgewater is good enough to be the week one starter, does he get traded or do we roll with him and cut McCown? I've talked a lot about Bridgewater. Uh, in regards to McCown, I don't think the Jets are cutting McCown under any circumstance. I don't necessarily agree with it or love how much money they paid him, but that team loves that guy and they basically view him as another coach and a key part of what they're doing with Sam Darnold, and they're not going to shake up their locker room by cutting him right before the season. Now, I could be wrong. These things, you know, happen. They come out of left field. If we're talking about sheer on-field talent, he's and Bridgewater's healthy, healthy. He's easily the third best quarterback. But I would be very surprised if ultimately they cut McCann. I think they're going to keep him around for the year and then try to bring him back as a coach next year. <laughs> From Alex Lee at Alex Lee says. Where does young Darnold rank in the all-time Jets hair list? That is a good question. I'm going to assume that, you know, Joe Namath, Mark Gassineau, those guys got to be up there. Some of the other 80s guys, you had you had some interesting mullets, you know, kicking around back then. Uh, you know, Boomer Sison was on the team. He's got decent hair, but Darnold, Darnold's up there. You know, he, he he's definitely going to be in the discussion. You got to play well to even get in this hair discussion list, but... But I think he, I think he's got a shot. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. From at Michael J. Fats is Christian Hackenberg the worst ever non-first round pick? I believe he's going to make some kind of history in terms of being the highest drafted player who never plays an NFL snap without being hurt. Uh, so maybe, definitely in the Jets' recent history, and Jets have had some bad second round picks. But at least like Jason Morrow like played a little bit, and Geno played a little bit. This is about as bad as it gets, but. Very unsurprising and very predictable considering where he was taken and how he played in college. All right, we got a few more here. From James Thomas Doyle at Jimbo Slice. How can Jude think Bridgewater can't win 10 games while same player Alex Smith is a superstar? Jude, of course, being of uh, Jude of Jets Twitter frame. Fam, I don't know why Jude thinks that. Uh, I don't know if Bridgewater can win 10 games with this roster. He did win that many with the Minnesota team a few years ago that I mean, I got to go back and look at the roster, but likely had, you know, more talent on defense than the Jets currently have. Had Adrian Peterson. Um, I don't think they were necessarily loaded at the receiver position. I'm pretty sure they still had Rudolph at tight end. I'm not sure I would bank on Bridgewater winning 10 games with this team. I wouldn't bet on Alex Smith winning 10 games with this team either. I don't know if they're the exact same player. I think they have somewhat different styles, but in terms of overall production and talent, I guess it's not that crazy of a comparison. Uh, I, Jeff fans are, are very excited about Bridgewater, and, and I get it, and it's good that he's healthy, but I think they got to remember that all these teams' plans are around Sam Darnold and around Sam Darnold's development. Anything they get from Bridgewater is gravy, but Darnold will get the benefit of the doubt if the competition is close in the summer instead of Bridgewater because I don't think the gap is all that great. And I think long-term, the Jets are going to hope that Darnold could become a better player, frankly, than Bridgewater was in 2015 when he was pretty good and maybe a top 10 or 11 starter in the NFL for that season. Obviously, he got hurt after that. We don't know where he's at right now. But I think the longer-term view is how do you build around Darnold and can Bridgewater play well in the meantime and either really push Darnold or separate himself and become the starter or be comparable and then be traded for an asset back. From Nick Pusello, 
Upshaw has to have a serious chance of making the team and starting an outside linebacker opposite Jenkins. The Jets tried out Courtney Upshaw, who is still a free agent because he struggles to get out to the quarterback and you know is a little a little too slow out there. The Jets are thin at outside linebacker, but if they signed him, sure. I mean the position's wide open. Right now Josh Martin's probably the leader in the clubhouse for outside linebacker reps outside of Jenkins. But the Jets also don't play a ton of outside linebackers. They're gonna be loaded up in nickel and sub formations that have four have three or four corners have three safeties so that outside linebacker position is kind of de-emphasized in their defense but taking a flyer on a guy like Upshaw sure why not I mean it doesn't hurt looking at your current depth chart let's see at CB to God what are your thoughts on the potential of Isaiah Crowell this season underrated signing in my opinion I think Crowell's a solid early down back I still think Bilal Powell's a better all-around football player but I think Crowell will pair well with him and he's a guy that is durable can catch the football pretty well out of the backfield, runs well in between the tackles, has the ability to occasionally pop a home run. I I think he'll be a productive player. I don't think he's going to be in a thousand yard back because I think he's going to be splitting the workload with Powell, but I think he's a guy who will get you, you know, a yards per carry of, you know, 4.1, 4.2, make a couple big plays uh, and be steady and be healthy for all 16 games. Let's see from at rational Jets fan. Best case and worst case scenario regarding the outside linebackers. Again, I think this position is fairly de-emphasized by this coaching staff. Your best case is Jordan Jenkins takes a big step forward to becoming the next version of Calvin Pace, maybe has six or seven sacks, and is really good at setting the edge. And then opposite him, somebody... Anybody, whether it's Lorenzo Malden, Dylan Donahue, Josh Martin, is able to give you, let's say, let's call it four or five sacks even, and just provide some type of credible threat on the opposite side uh, of him. Maybe the Jets just end up more relying on different packages where they're blitzing their inside linebackers or slot corners or safeties to get more pressure and no other outside linebacker gets anywhere near that. But if they can get another guy who gets up around five, five and a half sacks, maybe it's even David Bass. I forgot to mention him. I think that that's the best you could hope for with this depth chart. All right. From Matthew, I, which rookies other than Darnold will have the biggest role this year and beyond which rookie will have no impact. I would have said Chris Herndon, I don't know how things are going to pan out now with his recent DUI. For God's sakes, Jets players, please call a Lyft or an Uber. Uh, but if he's available, I think he has a really good chance. I do think Nathan Shepard will be thrown right into the mix at defensive line. Uh, I don't have very high hopes for Trenton Cannon. I think you know, you're know you taking a flyer when you get to that point of the NFL draft. Parry Nickerson, I think, could push screen. I think he's all reports are that he's played well in OTAs. I love that pick, uh, and I like his skill set for Todd Bowles' defense. I would not be surprised if he was pushing screen for playing time sooner rather than later. So we'll see how that shakes out with all the rookies. Okay, from Ben Marsh. Okay, here is an odd one. We have way too many receivers going into camp. Not a bad thing at all, but it means we might have to cut some that are good but don't make the numbers, the cut numbers wise. Who do you think we might have to let go, but will still be a quality, but will still be a quality for our number five? So I guess at least someone we got to let go could maybe catch on elsewhere. I could see them cutting Stewart and maybe he goes somewhere and is they find a way to use him in a more effective manner. I could see them cutting Charles Johnson and maybe he sticks somewhere. I could see them cutting Devin Smith and a team taking a flyer on him who desperately needs a deep threat. And maybe he's a guy who could, you know, have 10 or 15 catches a year and stretch the field for an offense. Um, but I think that top five is pretty locked in and pending any injuries, Anderson, Anua, Pryor, Curse, and Hanson. I think those five are locked. And after that, it's a bit up for grabs. 
All right. Three more questions here. From Luna Sternberger. Best regards from Germany. What up, Germany? Is the end of the Jets QB abyss near? Please answer with no using the phrase too early to tell and give me more than a simple yes. A lot of specific instructions here. I do think that the Jets QB, the end of the Jets QB, I can't even pronounce it at this point. The end of the Jets QB abyss is near, I would say. I'm confident that Donald was a smart pick at number three. I like that they have a ton of cap flexibility to build around him next year. Um, I'm confident that the floor for him is a competent NFL starter. So I feel in the worst case scenario, the Jets are going to have a capable starter for the, at least the next five or six years. Hopefully the best case is that he's substantially better than that. But I think Sam Donald's going to be the Jets quarterback for a long time. So that, that's much better than where we were at a few years ago or even last year. Um, from our good friend at... I am Kane, 69, white Gucci man with a spray tan. Has he asked me every week, can I have some money? The answer is, unfortunately not. But please keep asking. One of these days, I'm going to Venmo you like $1.47, so you don't have to ask anymore. All right, from Josh Hunter, 94, our final question. Are you a football, parentheses, soccer fan? If so, are you excited about the bid being accepted for 2026? I'm not a huge soccer fan. I do follow the World Cup like all bandwagon soccer fans do. I do think it's cool that it's going to be in MetLife. That's, you know, 10 miles from where I live. So um, I think it's interesting. And then um, it's a little of a bummer this year that both uh, the U.S. and Italy are out. No teams for me to uh, root for. But I'll still be watching. You know, I, I appreciate soccer. I'm not going to act like I'm a huge fan and I follow it all the time. I don't. Uh, you know, football and basketball are where I put most of my fan energy and sport energy or time. But um, glad the World Cup's here. It's always a fun sporting event to follow. And glad that um, MetLife is going to be involved in the hosting of it. And the video they sent out was with the Jets Stadium, the Jets end zone. So that's pretty cool. You take the promotion. Why not? All right, everybody. Appreciate you sending in all these questions. Considering it's June and there's this many questions, I like it. Uh, next week we'll be back with another guest and another interview. Uh podcast will continue to run on thursday all the way up through training camp and the season thank you everybody for listening please remember to subscribe and rate